Welcome to the City Life Podcast. This podcast is here as a resource to journey together, connecting where you can, whenever you can, in your everyday. Enjoy listening. Be encouraged to share, be inspired and be blessed as you do so. Welcome to the next part of our teaching series on living Jesus-centred lives, adopting the same rhythms and priorities that he displayed while on earth. So our city life rhythm, which is to grow, serve, invite and worship. They also take into account the prophetic priorities that God has shown us as a family. So today, worship. What is it? Worship is the act of giving ultimate value to something or someone in a way that energises and engages our whole being. That's our mind, our will and our emotions. Worship engages all that we are. Imagine a woman who inherited a brooch from her mother when she died. It's been in the family for years, but nobody quite knows where it came from or what it's worth. One day, the woman decides to get it valued. She takes it to a jeweller and he begins to look at it. He takes his magnifying glass and he studies it closely. He notices the way the facets refract the light. He notes the colour, texture and clarity. And after several minutes of this, his breathing becomes laboured. He begins to feel faint because he realises this is some lost, ancient piece of jewellery. The craft with which it was created has vanished from the face of the earth. No one even knows how to make jewellery like this anymore. It's unique in its beauty and it's priceless. His mind, will and emotions are fully engaged because he realises the true value of what he has in his hand. It's more valuable than all the jewels in his shop. Not only that, but it's more valuable than all the jewels he's had in his shop for the last 30 years. So, of course, when the woman comes to understand the true value of this brooch, she's mind blown. She's astounded, thunderstruck. She realises she's not been living in line with the value of what she has because she didn't understand its true value. Now she sees the value of it. Her life will change. She will live differently in the future. In the same way, have we appreciated the true worth of Jesus in our lives? Or has our worship become a bit dusty maybe? A bit forgotten, neglected? The story also shows us that in worship, just like the jeweller, We can start with thinking, looking at who God is, what he's done, what he's still doing. And then it can dawn upon us, his true worth, the value of all his love, his beauty, his majesty, the wonder of who God is. And then we overflow with praise and gratitude. Worship is our way of giving ultimate value to God, seeing his worth and treasuring it living with him in a way that our whole life is impacted and transformed. For many people, 
They can see God the way the woman used to see to live with the brooch, completely unaffected by its presence, unaware of the true value of what she had. God is changing us from being like that to being aware of his presence and his great worth at all times and treasuring the remarkable relationship we have as we involve him in all aspects of our lives. Abraham Cooper writes, Worship must be the one grand royal action of our whole life in all our thoughts, words and deeds. We are always God's priests called to serve his holy purposes. And the theologian Miroslav Volf, great name, puts it this way. There is no space in which worship should not take place, no time when it should not occur, and no activity through which it should not happen. All dimensions of human life are the temples in which Christians should honour their God. I love that. So as Jesus followers, all of life can be a response of worship to God. Our thoughts, our words, our decisions and our deeds. And as the City Life family, we've been learning more of what worship is. It's always been our heart's desire to worship God. And it's been a distinctive of ours. COVID and our church journey away from gathering all together in one place every week has helped to reinforce the truth that worship is so much more than only singing together. It's also our ordinary, everyday lives offered back to, be, to God to be a blessing wherever we are. We are his living sacrifices in all our settings 24-7. Some people can compartmentalise their lives, can't they? Having quite a secular and a sacred divide. Work is work. My weekly life is weekly life. And being in the church is what you do in meetings or groups. And usually on a Sunday. But we see that worship isn't an event or an activity. But it's a lifestyle lived out every day. Everywhere. With everyone we meet. So Paul urges in Romans 12, verse 1, Brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as, as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. The message says it this way. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering. So Paul is making the point that wholehearted, whole life worship is the only appropriate response to given all that God has done for us in Jesus. So why worship? Is God insecure, needing our affirmation, needing our praise? Is he an egotist? No. The mystery of worship is that the focus isn't us. It's God. Yet he doesn't need our worship. We do. We're the ones that benefit from worshipping him. It's important for us to recognise who God is 
And when we see him clearly, giving him ultimate worth, we're changed and transformed. Just like the woman with her brooch, she wouldn't return the brooch to an old box in the loft and leave it for years, not caring where it, where it was, when she understood and appreciated its true value to, to her. Man was created to worship and enjoy close relationship with God. So everyone worships something or someone. And it's said that we become like the thing we worship. If we worship God, we become like him. In Luke 4 verse 8, it says only one is worthy of adoration. Therefore, worship only the Lord your God and love him supremely. Without God, our worship may be self-worship or worship of money, sex, power, status, work or other people, celebrity worship or of our partner. Worship of these or anything or anyone other than God is known as idolatry and it is deceptive, promising as much but in fact leading us away from God and his best for us. In fact, it may lead to some destructive patterns of behaviour and outcomes. But God, in loving us, made us to be worshippers, designing us to worship him in spirit and in truth. So in worshipping him, we discover more of who he is and what he's like. He's good, kind, gracious, faithful, forgiving, strong, victorious, we also discover who we are, precious, beloved, accepted, righteous, fearless, overcomers, children with significance and purpose. How life-enhancing life it is to find that in worshipping God, my fear can become faith, my discouragement becomes hope, my bad moment becomes a redeemed or good moment. So how can we cultivate lifestyles of worship? Hebrews 13 verses 15 and 16 says, Through Jesus, therefore, let us continually offer to God a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of lips that openly profess his name, and do not forget to do good and share with others, for with such sacrifices God is pleased. So here we can see that our sacrifice of worship has two main aspects. The first is a sacrifice of praise. Our prayers, our songs and testimonies that are the overflow of our heart commitment and thanks to God. Now I love singing, I love sung worship and I, and I spend time listening and singing on my own. And I love it also when we come together at St Albans every fourth Sunday to sing and share testimony of God's goodness. The praise, the words, the testimonies that we share are our heartfelt offering of worship to God. And we want everyone from the youngest to the oldest to come prepared to bring their offerings of worship to God in praise of him and encouragement um, in faith for the rest of the family. In Philippians 4 verse 6, one of my favourite verses of all times, it says, 
Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, present your thanksgiving. No, present your request to God with thanksgiving. Let me say that again. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Now, I've been practising cultivating thankfulness at the start and the end of each day. Now, this positions me differently when I do, um, because I'm not then faced with all the needs and my requests uh, for the day. It actually lifts my head to God, what he's done, and it reminds me of his faithfulness to me. And out of this praise overflows. He's good, he's kind, he's faithful to his promises. And if it is with me and for me, there's nothing to fear. I'm really learning that thanksgiving is so important to a life of prayer and worship. Reading a psalm, pausing in silence, walking in nature and beholding the beauty that I see around me, listening to Lectio 365. These are some of the helpful tools that help me to worship. What, what helps you worship throughout the day? Roger, Nerida, Neelam, Uppy and, and some others have been gathering, gathering regularly in their homes to spend time worshipping and soaking in God's presence. And I know that it's become a really special time of adoration and they've seen Holy Spirit gifts poured out. The supernatural is released as we worship. So what a benefit. If you want to find out more, please speak to one of them or maybe consider starting a similar, t- starting a similar thing in your home. In Psalm 47, verse 2, in the Passion Translation, it says, the Lord, most God, the Lord God Most High is astonishing, awesome beyond words. Now, I've asked several of the City Life family how this verse speaks to them. So let's hear some of their testimonies now. The Lord Most High is awesome. Yes, he is. I look at creation, the hills, the mountains, the trees, the flowers the clouds and sky, the rainbow, and I marvel in his ability to create such beauty. I then look at my own life and I see how I have experienced his faithfulness and love in providing for me a loving husband and family, friends, a great church. He has given me all I have needed. In Australia, Eritrea, and here in England, I remember a certain instance Um, when we were first married, Roger cut his finger and uh, we didn't have any plasters and we didn't have any first aid whatsoever. And I just cried out to the Lord, help us. And in that post, a few minutes later, um, there was some money that a friend owed us and we had enough money uh, to buy plasters. So off I went to the shops. Yes, I can say. Our God is awesome. He knows and he sees our every need. He keeps watch. He is indeed an awesome God. 
So clap your hands and rejoice in him and who he is. Well, what I experienced is astonishing awesomeness firsthand. Several years ago, um, I was a missionary in Mozambique. So I was at mission school learning to tell people in the wilderness about God. One day we were on outreach in a little village and my friend and I, we were praying for this little girl. She came and stood beside me. She was probably about five or six and she couldn't look at me because her eyes were cross-eyed and they were all yellow. So my friend and I started to pray for her and I saw her eyes go white and she looked at me straight several times and I could see that God was healing her and it was awesome and astonishing. We carried on praying because we felt God telling us that she couldn't hear. So we prayed for her hearing and asked God to open her ears. Um, during that time, she never said a word to us. She never spoke a word or responded. And eventually it was time for us to go and she ran off home. And later that day, we were back at that village um, to do some more outreach and she came running over to us. She was smiling and happy and again she didn't say anything so we carried on praying for her and there was a lady with her who was very animated and excited but we couldn't understand what she was saying because she spoke in Portuguese. We asked um, someone to interpret for us what she was saying and she was this little girl's mum and she said that that morning when her daughter had left home she could not hear and she'd never spoken before and when she came home she could hear and she was speaking and she then called her and the little girl responded and turned and called back and her mum <coughs> wanted to know how on earth that was possible and we were telling her about God um, who loves her. And for me, that sums up that Psalm 47 verse 2. How great is our, our God's awesome and astonishing. It was awesome and it was astonishing. For the Lord Most High is awesome. He is the great King of all the earth. What does that mean to you? I think it means if you think of animal food chain, like in priority, God would always come first. Like God comes first in everything. Because if you think of King Charles, King Charles wouldn't have been king without God because God made King Charles to be a king. That verse, the Lord God Most High is astonishing, awesome, beyond words. And... um. The bit that leaps out for me is the bit about astonishing and it is how God surprises me beyond all of my dreams and imagination um, with his goodness, with his presence, with his solutions. And I think practically that's looked like for me um, in these days. Um, he's astonished me. We've had some tricky situations in our family um, that I just didn't know really how there was any solutions or a way forward. Um, and it feels like a lot of decisions 
we make, a lot hangs on it. I live with a lot of people, I've got a lot of kids, so a lot of people are affected by the decisions. And it has just astonished me how I've seen God's help. I've seen him help to provide creative solutions and a way through, beginnings of way through, so that people can, everyone can flourish. And that astonishes me. So I think when I hear the word astonishing, um, I just think of nature and for me, dog walking is still quite new and um, going out when there's hardly any people in the fields and where there's clouds and the light breaking through and looking at the ecosystem just blows me away. And I think that's where I find my spirituality at the moment is in the middle of nature um, and in the middle of what is an astonishing creation that it, it can self-sustain um, and and it's just utterly beautiful uh, the intelligence and the creation of God so yeah that's what I think of the Lord God most high is astonishing awesome beyond words Eve what does that verse say to you it tells me that uh, God and Jesus are both astonishing and the best thank you Eves. Um, Days, we're now going to come on to you. What does this verse say to you? God is creative. Thank you, Days. And Jed, Jed, what were your thoughts about this verse? Well, I thought that God can never be So with that psalm and that verse in Psalm 47, the thing that it makes me think of is the beauty of nature and the, the intricacy that um, we see in nature, in the in the details, just makes me think of how incredible, how detailed God is, um, and that is beyond anything that we could describe or even fathom. Um, God's creativity in nature. Um, this always inspires me. I'm lucky enough to work outside, and I'm often sort of taken aback by the beauty of what God has created. That was so encouraging and inspiring, wasn't it? It's so good to hear how other people are experiencing God's awesomeness and how astonishing he is. It really builds our faith. And I'd encourage us to keep sharing um, those stories um, in, our, in our groups and when we come together. The second aspect of worship is less about words and more about actions. It says do good and share with others. Or as the message version puts it, make sure you don't take things for granted and go slack in working for the common good. Share what you have with others. God takes particular pleasure in acts of worship, a different kind of sacrifice that take place in the kitchen and workplace and on the streets. That's Hebrews 13 verses 15 and 16. I love that. God loves sacrifice that takes place in the kitchen, in my workplace and on the streets. And for me, this reflects the whole of our lives as worship. What does that look like for you? Our worship response is related to the very practical stuff of sharing our time, our money, our food, our talents and resources. 
our work can be worship as we work hard as if working for God, not just our employers. That's Colossians 3.23. So when we share time and friendship with those in the workplace who God has placed us alongside, loving and encouraging them, God receives this as worship. When we act with integrity and we speak well of others in the office, maybe especially those that we don't get on with. When we ask God for creative solutions to the problems that we face in our business or organisation or community. When we offer to pray for someone in need or we offer them a cuppa and a chat. When we care for our older family members. When we give our time on the soup run to bless those who are street homeless or we give our money to those in need. These are all acts of worship that God delights in. So I want to close by praying for us that we would become like him, like Jesus, and that we would be expressing worship and giving God ultimate value. So let me pray for us. Father, thank you for saving us for sending Jesus to die in our place that we could be your children, loved, accepted, forgiven, unpunishable and righteous. We want to put you first. We want to give you ultimate value in our lives that it would transform our thoughts, our words and our actions. We offer ourselves as your living sacrifices in our everyday, ordinary lives in our colleges, workplaces, neighbourhoods. We want to please you, God. Would you change us from the inside out that we would become more like Jesus? We give you thanks and praise for all you're doing in our lives and in city life. And everybody said, Amen. Bless you, guys. Really look forward to seeing you soon.